Shameless Media. This episode of the Shameless Book Club is brought to you by Bailey's Irish Cream Liqueur, inspiring indulgence through me time moments. Hello and welcome to our February episode of The Adaptation. We put the power in your hands last month to pick which adaptation we'll be reviewing and you guys overwhelmingly voted in favour of Normal People. Normal People follows Connell and Marianne, two young people who met in high school that cannot stay away from each other. At school, they pretend not to know each other. He's popular and star of the school's Gaelic football team, while she is lonely and arrogant. A year later, they're both studying at Trinity College in Dublin. Marianne has found her feet in a new social world, while Connell hangs at the sidelines, shy and uncertain. This novel was a runaway bestseller, so naturally was turned into a TV series, which launched the careers of both Daisy Edgar-Jones and Paul Meskell. We'll be reviewing the miniseries today. My name is Sahani Gunatilaka. I'm the multimedia producer here at Shameless Media. Today, I'm joined by co-founder Michelle Andrews. Hello. And head of podcast, Lucy Hyde. Hiya. I am excited. I'm also nervous because I got a hint in the office earlier that maybe Sahani does not like normal people. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) No spoilers. And that is not entirely true. (laughs) Also, can we say from the outset... Uh, to break the fourth wall with the listeners, yeah. Sahani, when you were reading out that beautifully worded intro, well done, <laughs> you did pause on Paul Meskel's name oh, and yeah. you looked at us and you said, how do we say it? There is a bit of controversy. Is it Meskel? Is it Meskel? We're not sure. We're going with Meskel with our Aussie accents, apart from you, Lucy. I you might just flip between the two, yeah. to be honest. You, you, have e- you have every right to do that. I think I will settle with Paul Meskel. We're talking about, people know who we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone knows who we're talking about. <laughs> so in the book community, which I am very much involved in, Sally Rooney is quite notorious. Mm. She has a chokehold on people that love books. And I got to say, I am sceptical of people that are overly critical of Sally Rooney. Same. Because mm. I'm concerned they're just people who want to be contrarian. And just for the sake of it, like I'm not like other girls thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. I do. Um, so this book is so iconic that books were sold with things like "This is the next Sally Rooney," Mm. and I know that can be quite reductive. But a lot of authors have also said this is such a flattering promise. Yeah, and I think that goes to show just the impact that Sally Rooney's books have had. I mean, this novel was long listed for the Women's Prize for Fiction and the Booker Prize in 2018, not only by critics, but by bookish people. Mm. It's adored. Can I be real? Mm. I've not read the book. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, so we've I'm read not, the book, haven't we? Yeah, Sally? I've read, I've read well, the book Well, we twice. did our homework, Lucy. No, <laughs> we did give you permission. We said it's kind of refreshing to have someone who hasn't read the book. Yeah. Who can come to the TV show with a clean slate. It's also a tagline. You don't mm. have to read the book. It is the tagline. <laughs> You're just living out the Shameless Book Club mantra. <laughs> so Trudy. why didn't you read it? I'm not like other girls. <laughs> no, actually... Basically, I wanted to read it, but then I ended up watching the TV show first. Mm. And then it kind of, I already felt like I did it, you know? Mm. And I was like, I hate when I have already watched a TV show and then read the book. Like, I prefer reading the book first time Mm. around. Mm. And ever since then, it's just kind of sat on my list and I've not got around to it. That is so fair. I feel like with these books as well, once you know the ending and you know kind of how the love story finished, Mm. there's not that enjoyment of reading the book sometimes anymore when that's kind of the central premise. I read it and adored it back in 2018. I think still to this day, it's one of my favourite books of all time. I also really love her first book, which was published the year prior, 2017. It's called Conversations with Friends. That has also been adapted for the screen, as many will know. 
I want to really stop on this point for a second, pause on this point, that Sally Rooney's work is derided, Sahani, because you're so right. It is such a weird thing to observe that this is a woman who has crafted stories that millions of people adore. Mm -hmm. And yet there is such this backwash of criticism for her Mm -hmm. and for her books. I mean, it's fascinating. It's almost like they reach such a point of popularity that people found enjoyment out of kind of pulling it down or saying it wasn't living up to the hype. But in many ways, the ultimate sign of success is that you do get to that level where the, exactly. the central question is, is it worth the hype? Mm. Is it as good as everyone says? I think the fact that millions of people have bought it probably says yes. Yeah, exactly. She's undoubtedly brilliant. Mm. And I'm saying this because I am going to be a bit critical. <laughs> <laughs> but I need to preface with she is amazing. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the success. It was long listed for a Man Booker Prize, won Waterstone's Book of the Year, was ranked 25th in The Guardian's 100 Best Books of the 21st Century. It was listed at number 10 of Entertainment Weekly's Best Books of the Last 10 Years. It was obviously, you know, such a bestseller that BBC and Hulu looked at it and said, we absolutely need to turn that into a TV series. The TV show premiered on the 26th of April 2020 on BBC over in the UK and on Stan here in Australia. This was in the thick of lockdown. Mm. Do we think, like when we think about when we watched it, do we think part of the reason we absorbed this so much was because we had nothing else to do? Yeah. I feel like as well, we all related to Daisy's loneliness. Yeah. It's such a weird time to like feel so isolated from the world Mm. and this character is perfectly portraying that. It was Even, kind of perfect timing for this story. Yeah, I totally agree. Even Connell's arc of going through depression, yeah. I think a lot of people would really relate to that. Yeah. And being far from home, I know a lot of people couldn't mm. be close to their loved ones. Yeah. And that's what Connell was going through as well. Absolutely. I feel like you couldn't time a release for this show better. I still think it would be really successful if this has come out this year. It would have still hit, but I don't think it would have hit in the same way. There's something really Mm. special about these shows that kept us company. April 2020 was one of the worst months of, I'm sure, Mm. many of our lives. And this TV show kept us company. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I remember it really hit the fan, COVID, in 2020, April. So, yeah, it comes as no surprise to me that it did well then. Yeah, it was directed by Hetty McDonald for six episodes and Lenny Abrahamson for the other six. We know Hetty for her work on Doctor Who. She's also done sporadic episodes on things like Law and Order. Lenny is known for the Conversations with Friends adaptation Mm. that came after this. They, as I said, did six episodes each and I think did a magnificent job. The show itself has been streamed more than 62 million times in (laughs) the UK alone. That was actually year one figures. So who knows how many times now. It wasn't just popular. It was also critically acclaimed like the book. Over on Rotten Tomatoes, this TV show has a 91% rating with an average score of 8.2 out of 10. That is high. High. Was nominated for Emmy Awards, Golden Globes, didn't win those. But you know, it's a runaway success. Yeah. Mm. I didn't know like <laughs> that she did Doctor Who. Sorry, that's yeah. <laughs> that one fact just stayed with me. It's not really giving Doctor Who. I think, no. she won, I think her one particular episode she directed of Doctor Who won an award as well. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Then bring in the research to the episode. I, it, I looked on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we go straight into casting? Let's Cause, do it. Because I have a lot to say. 
<laughs> so I'm going to start. <laughs> She's ready. <laughs> so Daisy Edgar Jones. Mm. I love her. I do. Don't I, you dare. I, I, Don't. I am, I am so cautious that Michelle is such a fan. You, you also like to wear the crawdad sing, though. Hang yeah. <laughs> I did, and I know I'm the only person in the world who can carry that baton to the finish line. I will defend anything Daisy Edgar Jones touches. What the fuck are you saying? <laughs> no, I, if anything, this is a compliment. I just thought she was way too cool mm. to play Marianne. Mm. And initially, <laughs> come on, that's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And initially it felt that way because the school bullying to me at the start in particular didn't feel real. Oh. And I think that's partly because we didn't get her internal monologue in the book. I think it's also because part of her character was to be arrogant and to fight back that sometimes it felt like banter. I was like, yeah, I agree. I was like, this is exactly how I felt because I felt that she wasn't as unlikable as she's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So to me, she felt like kind of mysterious, like really funny. (laughs) Kind of like a sassy girl. (laughs) Yeah, like she's kind of a bit of a class clown, like the way that she's kind of bantering with the teacher. People do laugh at her jokes. She's so quick. Mm. And so I was like, how is she unlikable? Mm. In the book, she was unlikable, wasn't she? I I do hear you. I remember there being a lot of commentary at the time, because we spoke about this on Shameless when it came out, that Daisy and Paul were both too hot Mm. to play Mm. Marion and Connell because in the book they're supposed to be, I mean, the whole title, Normal People, they were described as very much (laughs) average-looking people. But Daisy and Paul are not average-looking. Some of the angles on Daisy's face in this show, I'm like, this woman is a piece of art. Like, her face is art. Mm. So I can hear, do you mean she's too hot? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's also really cool. Have you been on her Instagram? She's giving, like, an it girl. She is an it girl, but he's also an it boy. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I think because she's supposed to be, especially at the beginning, supposed to be really shunned, Mm. I just wasn't getting that. But I think in the book it was similar but my brain kind of filled in the gaps and constructed this character that was off-putting and arrogant but also really lonely what about you lucy daisy being marianne so i felt the same at the beginning i feel like if she was in my school i'd be like who is this girl like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what foundation yeah. are you wearing <laughs> yeah, like, I tips. but like as she got older i felt like she really kind of grew into the character yeah. like she plays older marianne perfectly I would say. Yeah, I have in caps lock. She grew on me. (laughs) (laughs) They did have a bit of a tough job, and I know this isn't particularly unique for actors, but they were a decent chunk older than they were Mm. supposed to be portraying in the early days. So when this came out, or when it was shot, rather, Daisy was 21, obviously, at the beginning. I think she's playing like a 16, 17-year-old. Paul was 24. I really felt impressed re-watching this. I think I've now watched Normal People four or five times. Wow. I was really impressed when I was paying attention to the details, being like, I need to talk about this on the podcast and bring insightful mm. commentary. The way they actually aged them up, even with wardrobe, hair, makeup, was done really fucking well. Yeah. Like She really did look like a 17-year-old in the first few episodes yeah. to me and then really did look like a mature confident worldly woman by the mm. end of it yeah mm. you mentioned this in boys Wars universe and mm. i'd never i never notice age difference yeah <laughs> i think i'm just not very attuned to this i wear glasses so. <laughs> can i speak to one age difference then while you have raised that sahani one age difference that i struggled with and i have every time i've watched this show is connell's mum like, I know she suppo- like was She's supposed to have mom. him when she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I think she had him when she was, like, 17 or 18 in the book. 
But in the show, I'm like, I get it. She's a young mum. She mm. looks like she could almost be a peer to them, <laughs> to me. She is only 10 or 11 years older than Paul Meskell oh, in real wow. life. So I think as much as I adored her, she was such a, almost like a heartland of the show. Yeah. I wish they had aged her up a teeny tiny bit more because she did look very fresh and beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I got to say, I love Connell's mom. It reminds me of that meme that was like, I think you posted it on Book Club Mish, where it was like the amount of screen time they get and it's like so small (laughs) and how much we love them. It's so big. (laughs) I really vibe with that. The car scene was so good. Oh, So there's a couple of car scenes, first of all. Oh, sorry. The car scene with Connell's Car scene where she's like, who did you invite to the depths? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we've got audio of this. Do we want to play it? Yes. yes. Who's Marianne going to the Debs with? I don't know. So maybe no one will ask her and she just won't go? Yeah, maybe, I don't know. And you don't think maybe you should have asked her? Seeing as how you fuck her every day after school? File language to be using. Well, feel free to explain in your own words, Connell. What exactly is the arrangement? Marianne comes over to our house, you have sex with her, and then she's not allowed to tell anyone, is that it? Does that mean allowed? Do you talk to her in school? In front of your friends, are you nice to her? Do you talk to her? Would you say hello to her even? I doubt she cares if I say hello to her. You're fucking her. Can you stop saying that? You're fucking her and you wouldn't even say hello to her in public. I love this woman with my whole heart. (laughs) (laughs) She's beautiful. She's a queen. She's... I feel like she delivers hard truths really well. Yep. Like, I'm like, go queen every time. We love this woman. She's a star. <laughs> She's such a good mom. Yeah. And they have really good communication, which is so bizarre because Connell doesn't have good communication with anybody else yeah. bar his mom. That's kind that's of a really good that's point. That's a really good point. It's really sweet. Yeah. And I think it's supposed to be like in juxtaposition with Daisy's family. I mean, not Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> Marianne's family. See, so you're telling me Daisy does play Marianne. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree with you. I love mothers that call their sons out on their shit. Mm. And Connell's mum always did that, but did it in a very loving way somehow yeah. at the same time. Who else did we like? Or I, maybe not like. I mm. loved Niall. <laughs> Do you guys remember Niall? Niall? Oh, that me. was Connell's friend. The one, oh, who, the one yeah. he died? was living with. No, no, the one he was living with. Oh, I yeah. like that guy. I mean, he, he wasn't a standout for me. Oh, he was a standout for me. He <laughs> stuck up on me in the show. I had no strong feelings of him in the book. In fact, I don't even remember him in the book. <laughs> but his energy is so warm and welcoming. And especially when they were in Italy and he was invited to Marianne's Italian house, he just came across as so down to earth in comparison. Like steady. To, mm, yeah, yeah. Like a rock. And that, that's what Connell needed as well. He just came across as really down to earth compared to Jamie and Mm. Peggy. And yeah, I just really loved him. He just delivered like one-liners as well really well. Yep. I don't know. I just really liked him, guys. Has he gone on to do anything since Normal People, the actor? I couldn't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, you can. Google. (laughs) Any other characters for you, Lucy? I didn't like but liked Jamie. And the reason why I thought he was so well casted is because I truly hated him. Mm. So he truly played that character really well. I wrote that down too. Irritated me. His name is, I think it's pronounced Fionn O'Shea. Uh, It's an Irish name, but I agree that actor was incredible. Yeah. He was like, there was something about how he embodied Jamie. Mm. And I was like, I hate this guy. Like, I can imagine this guy. He would look like this and act like this. this. Yes. He's just an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember when I was reading it, I was like, how can he be like this and still be meek and feeble? Mm. And I was like, oh no, I I see it now on screen. It was done so well. Yeah. Yeah. Another similar energy character was Marianne's brother. 
agree. Played yeah. by Frank Blake. I felt dread every time he walked onto the screen. I was like, oh, what's coming? Like, mm. And I felt like, in a way, Marianne and him had a good chemistry on set because you just mm. knew she was going to become like a shell of herself yep. as soon as he was entering a scene. I completely yeah. agree. I, I believed it. I believed the whole thing. Frank Blake, I'm just looking at his um, IMDb, if you don't mind. Was also <laughs> in Game of Thrones? What? Oh, did he fit? Maybe it's like a... Hmm, <laughs> I don't know. Other people it's like village person yeah. number one. Yeah. <laughs> it's listed, his IMDb isn't very fleshed out, but he's best known. It's not even normal people. He's best known for Cherry in 2021, The Passion, also 2021, mm. and Game of Thrones 2011. Oh, Interesting. If anyone knows what he plays in Game of Thrones, please message us. <laughs> yeah, I've never know. watched that show. <laughs> I have. Was he a dragon? <laughs> <laughs> is that one of the things that happened in that show? No. Yeah, there is dragons. <laughs> okay. Was he the father of dragons? <laughs> okay, I think we need an ad break. Yeah, let's hear from let's hear from today's sponsor, and then what are we doing after the ad break? We'll Sahani. do strengths and weaknesses. Hell yeah. I am sure that so many of you listening to this right now are book or movie lovers, so I am sure we can agree that there is no better feeling than getting so immersed in a story you forget what's happening around you. Today's sponsor, Bailey's, is all about those me-time moments, so there is no better drink to pair with a good story. I recently came across this chocolatini recipe from Bailey's, and guys, I have to say, it's a delicious way to end the night. The melted chocolate, rich Bailey's, and the chocolate liqueur make this a great adult treat for those sweet toots. Bailey's is great to enjoy during some downtime or to be shared with friends. The team have curated a great range of recipes like a Bailey's French toast, which is the perfect adult crowd pleaser for a weekend brunch. If you're over 18 and interested in an indulgent treat, then head online or in store to shop Bailey's. Remember to drink responsibly. Okay, Lucy, hit us with the strength. Okay, strength for starting on. One thing that really stood out to me is how they filmed it. So mm. it felt so intimate. So, for example, they would do these really tight close-up shots. It could be Connell's breath catching in Marianne's hair, and that just feels so intimate. It feels like you're kind of there watching that really close moment. Mm-hmm. They also did these like really wide shots where Marianne and Connell were in the middle of the scene. And it kind of gives this like us against the world yes. energy. Only us in the room. Yeah. There was a beautiful, I agree with you, Lucy. Some of the shots in this, when you're actually really paying attention, it's like, this is stunning. Yeah. There was a shot in the Italy episode, which I know we'll talk about because mm. I think it might be all of our favourites. But in the reflection of the water, you could see them having the conversation. It yeah. stayed on that for quite a long time. But there were other shots just like Marianne's feet on the bed. And mm. like it would stay on that for four or five seconds. Little things like that that gave it a real feeling of intimacy and authenticity. Yeah, I totally agree. Episode seven and eight were so stunning. Like, what it episode, just, can you contextualise what happened? It's Italy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, when they're overseas. Yeah. It just, it felt like cinema. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, it was so stunning. Mm. And I do think it's symbolic of them being so close mm. and also being so attached even when they're far away. Mm. Yes. Like even the scenes where they were speaking over Skype. I yes. thought the way they filmed that was really clever because it really felt so, so intimate. How did they get intimacy across through a Zoom call? Yeah, it was so, so powerful. Again, another relatable moment for the pandemic. Yeah. You're so right. It's so like true. this almost feels like a pandemic-y 
show. Like it was, that was almost a theme, but obviously yeah. it wasn't. It was written two years before. Yeah, so wild. Nuts. Can I have a strength, please? As in, you go? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go for it. You're the boss of these You're episodes. so eager. <laughs> I, I don't want to speak out of turn. <laughs> <clears throat> My first strength, which I think it's shocking to me. We've gotten 20 minutes into this episode and no one has raised the sex. The oh, sex yes. scenes Absolutely. in this are such a strength. I found a really interesting quote from Paul Meskell in W Magazine. Mm. He said, the filming process is something that I think should now be the gold standard of how sex scenes are done on set in terms of an intimacy coordinator and closed set mm. but also how they were written i don't think sex scenes should be in films or tv shows if they're not serving a purpose mm. every sex scene was so much more drawn out and fleshy than mm. the average show i was watching it trying to figure out like obviously when you watch it the first couple of times you're kind of distracted by all the sex scenes because they're mm. just really interesting to watch but when you're analysing it and trying to figure out what they're doing differently, the camera is on them for so much longer than any other TV show mm. or movie that I've watched. Mm. Like, you don't get this fast-paced, ripping our clothes off kind of sex. You get a very gentle, awkward, raw kind of sex from taking their underwear off. I don't feel like we see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like we saw we see some of the, the lighting that mm -hmm. we saw in normal people. They were often having sex in broad daylight. Whereas in mm. movies and other TV shows, say like, if we're talking about like Fifty Shades of Grey or something, it's dark lighting and it's mm. sexy and it's sultry and all yeah. this stuff. This was very human sex, mm -hmm. but it was also kind of fun sex and like creative sex at the same time. Just from the lighting to the pacing and the cadence of it all, I just found it really impressive. It's a real credit to Daisy and Paul to put themselves in this situation as actors for one of their first breakout gigs. It's mm -hmm. risk, I yeah. think. It's also a real credit to the producing team, the directors, and to the intimacy coordinator, Ita O'Brien. I remember the book did sex really well, and this TV show is the gold standard for sex. I also really loved that we saw as much nudity from Daisy Edgar-Jones as we did from yeah, Paul. Like we saw totally. everything from Paul, yeah. and I don't remember other shows doing that for the man. Yeah, mm. totally agree. I also don't understand how they haven't fallen in love. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, I think they have, so Sani. They have. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> okay, may I interject? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a personal one for me, but re-watching it made me realise why I didn't enjoy it the first time around. Oh, oh sorry. Which part? Which I don't scene? like watching sex scenes on TV oh. at all. Oh. I think I've realised they don't do it for me. Like, mm. <laughs> and I think... We could not be more different. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to you. I was like, that's so good for you. <laughs> and I actually like discovered a Vulture article that said in the second episode, there's a sex scene that is nine minutes and 24 seconds long, which considering an episode is about 30 minutes, that's quite a long mm, chunk yeah. of it. So perhaps that's Almost impressive. half the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe a nightmare for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it flew for me. <laughs> See, I really liked the first sex scene in particular. I like what was the, the first sex scene? It's all kind of meshing mm. into one. Yeah, look. <laughs> I've written notes and I can't fully remember. Didn't yeah, she come over? Yes, she yes. went over to his house and they had sex for the first time there. Yeah, I just remember there was a lot of consent chat. Yeah. Which yeah. I really liked. I like the awkwardness and the questions. It was like sexy consent chat though. It was like, yeah. do you like this? Isn't yeah. it like... <laughs> 
No, but that's what it should be. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And like the asking if everything feels good and calling her pretty. Like it's um, cute. It was yeah. all very sweet. And even in a later sex scene, like I think this is much further when they were in Dublin, when she tells him to stop by saying, I think it'll just hurt feeling a bit crampy. Mm. That, and then it, they just go to back to bed. There's nothing mm. more to that scene. And I thought that was really well done and really realistic as well. I really loved the sex scenes. I'm really surprised you did it. Yeah. Second watch, did you go better with them? I feel like I knew what to expect. Like they were kind of like jump scares the first time around because oh. you're like, who's around me? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, whoa. Um, and I also feel like I watched it alone the second time around, which is mm. better for me. I would, say, sure. I would say important. As I think this is gal. a show that needs to be watched either alone yeah. or with another person who enjoys, like who doesn't find that uncomfortable. Yeah, yes, someone you're really comfortable with. Yeah, 100%. Mm. And I think the reason I interpret this is because I actually used to watch loads of TV with my parents growing up and they made me and you know they do that awkward thing where like close your eyes close your eyes I... and then you feel like oh my god like everything is so I've, I think I've just got like repercussions from that and I'm like oh I feel like I've got to be awkward about it I have trauma from this yeah I don't know if I've ever said this on a show before <laughs> when I was little oh, no. we were watching you guys had neighbours in the UK Lucy so you'll yes. be familiar with neighbours okay yes. <laughs> I wonder if anyone remembers this happening it was like a 6pm show right so I was not expecting when I sat down to watch this with my parents when I was like 11. Oh, no. I was not expecting anything. I will never forget the moment when Paul, who was like the villain of the town, and it was the character played by Natalie Bassingthwaite, but I can't remember her name. Do you mean Carl? No, 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 no. Oh, this Carl. was when Paul and her oh, had a right. thing. Okay. I think I think there was like a I'm few a bit later. things. No, 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 you are a bit. You're maybe two years later. <laughs> when Paul and Natalie Bassingthwaite's character have an affair and they're about to have sex mm. and he said to her in the lolly shop... They were in a lolly shop. Sorry, I should that. I don't know why they were in a lolly store, but they were. And she was like to him, what lollies are we getting? And he turned to her and was like, when it comes to me, you can have anything you want, like lollies or my body or something. Oh. <laughs> and I still remember as an 11-year-old sitting there being like, I'm confused. Like, yeah. what? Are they? What? And then my mum was like, go to your bedroom. <laughs> I'm still traumatised. I'm still traumatised. I was so confused being like, lollies or what? <laughs> Another strength. <laughs> no, no, hang on. Speaking of... <laughs> We're not moving on. <laughs> Speaking of awkward things, <laughs> especially after sex, I have to say the conversations that Connell and Marianne had were so awkward. Hey! Like, hang on, I'm getting to it. <laughs> I, you know how I, lo- I love the sex scenes, but I didn't notice this in the book, but the conversations I had felt really off. Like mm. the dialogue felt really unrealistic and very awkward. I'm going to read out I was going to say, Sahani, we need some proof. Hang on. <laughs> So one time early on after they had sex, Marianne said, You looked so beautiful. I just kept thinking how much I wanted to watch you have sex. I mean, not even with me, with anybody, how good it would feel. Is that really weird? <laughs> like, yes, it is weird. <laughs> <laughs> like that. I cannot. If someone paid me $100,000 to say that to someone, I think I would still pay that. Okay, so you agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do, but I feel like I love the show so much. I am so willing to just overlook slightly clunky <laughs> chat oh. like that. What, what, what strengths or weaknesses do you want to bring up next? Yeah, so I've written also down the zooming in on his chain during sex. Hey. Oh, yeah. No, the strength. It's a oh, strength. Oh, good, 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 good. I remember all the memes and I was like, oh, yeah, this. I forgot how much this hit. Yeah. <laughs> That's hot. It if is, you yeah. Google Connell's chain, 
There are mm. multiple stores on Google that literally have I, the Connell's silver rope chain. Mm. I also mm. think a lot of the men in my life started wearing chains yeah. after this. And I think it's related. There's an Instagram <laughs> account with 137,000 followers called Connell's Chain. Oh, wow. We stand Connell's Chain with a little water drop emoji. Sahani hit subscribe. I, I did. Oh I probably God. follow that account. The photos get like 30,000 likes and they're all close-ups of him just looking fucking sexy with That's his chain. So it's active. People I need to follow this. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy, did you have another strength? I did. I thought the music for the series was on point. Amen. So the scene where Marianne and Connell first kiss again in college mm. after she dumps Gareth. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. The song Nikes by Frank Ocean is playing in the background, which was released in 2016. And I think this song choice is like Chef's Kiss mm. because basically mm-hmm. it's for that core millennial slash zillennial audience. Yeah. And so many of this audience around that time, 2016 in their lives, mm. would have gone through messy situationships themselves mm. and been like probably blasting yes. this song and thinking, I relate. Like it kind of adds a lot of depth to that scene in particular. You're so bang on. I totally agree. And I also. I think the lyrics reflect what's going on in the scene as well really well mm. yeah i fucking love the soundtrack yeah. as well i wrote down the music as well i loved when they played image and heaps hide and seek when it was showing the separation between what their relationship looked like inside of school compared to outside of it i just found that so perfect and again nostalgic for me because yes. i used to love that song at a similar age i also really enjoyed there was a um London Grammar remix played when they're on the dance floor in the nightclub. Yeah. I, I think it was a Hey Now remix. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, fuck, that was such a moment in time. Yeah. Like, London yeah. Grammar and those kind of like remixy songs on dance floors and those mm. moments with a friend where it's not quite friends, it's a little bit more. It's just like, it really contextualizes the time you're looking at and it takes you right to that moment. Whoever did music on this show, yeah. Yeah. they nailed job. it. Shout out to the music supervisor. Mish, do you have another strength? Ooh. I know you probably have a million. I, <laughs> I just fucking love the show. Um, <laughs> I, oh, I, a weakness, if I may, oh. Sahani. Mm. Just a very, very brief one from me. I feel like the TV show adaptation skimmed over what happened in the friendship breakdown between Marianne and Peggy. Lucy, you might not know this, but in the book, (laughs) Marianne and Peggy's relationship was quite fraught. Like it was very obvious that it was almost like a frenemies set up. Okay. That Peggy kind of negged Marianne. I remember that quite vividly. In the show, after the Italy scene, you really just don't see Peggy again. Mm. But And maybe I'm in the, I want to word this carefully, maybe I'm in the minority here. The way Peggy was shown in the show was not that problematic to me. No, I agree. I actually think it was a fair enough question in mm. Italy to say to Marianne, hey, your boyfriend's an asshole. Absolutely. Yeah. He is awful. We need to get rid of him. But also, was it fair for you to fly Connell or like have Connell come here given yeah. your sexual history and relationship history? 100%, that's fair. In yeah. front of your boyfriend. Yeah. Like that is disrespectful. Yeah. Did you expect this to go well? Yeah. So in the TV show, when I watched it, I'm like, Peggy wasn't that bad. And to be honest, Marianne should have been asked that question by mm, her closest friends. I totally agree. I actually didn't have that written down, but that's a, such a good point mm. because the negging was so bad. I think it was really important to her character Marianne hadn't let go of who she 
thought she was when mm. she was in high school because she was holding on to people that were mean to her. Yeah. Mm. And so the fact that they didn't have that in the Trinity scenes, I think was a big weakness as well. I totally agree. Maybe I didn't like the casting of Peggy. Not because the actress wasn't incredible. She's too likable. Yeah. I was watching her. I'm like, I totally. love Peggy. Like this yeah. fun wine drinking friend yeah. who's a little bit sassy. I liked her too much yeah, compared to the book. Is totally it the casting agree. or is it the writing? Yeah, maybe yeah. it wasn't obvious sure. enough. Yeah. They needed to, it was weird to me that it wasn't really touched upon in the TV show. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I remember not liking Peggy though in the book. Mm. It has been a while since I've read the book, but I remember feeling like she deserves better, Marianne mm. deserves better than like a friend, a best friend like this. Yeah. Mm. Whereas Joanne, love Joanne. Mm. The other, the other. Oh, girl, Joe. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Agree. Uh, sweetheart can bake and cook we love that (laughs) I've also got a strength yes I really related to the conversation when Connell and Marianne were eating ice cream in the piazza do you guys remember this yes Connell talks about how the world feels so much more real now that they've left high school Mm. and because I think he says the Coliseum is real all Mm. of these like famous paintings are real and I like really felt that as well because I think in school you learn about things like class and race and how these things affect you but like it all feels very theoretical and then you kind of like leave school and you leave your little bubble and you're like hmm it is harder for me in these sort of ways and it's harder for my friends in this sort of way and that feels so much more real and hard when you're an adult Mm. even though they've prepared you like your parents Mm. have prepared you the school has prepared you it still catches you by surprise. Mm. And I think Connell all of a sudden getting heated about Marianne's relationship with his mum felt so real to me because I've had those moments with my friends of like having really like small digs at them for having more money than Mm. than what I grew up with. Mm. And I'm like, oh, it's nothing to do with you. It's everything to do with the world. Mm. And I think that's what Connell was trying to get at. And I was like, that is so, so well done. Mm. And I thought both the book and the adaptation did like it justice, that Mm. conversation. Yeah. I also felt that they displayed like that really well like the class differences between them when Mm. they got to university Mm -hmm. because it kind of is like an underlying theme when they're at school but it's the same thing where you're in a bubble you kind of don't recognize your differences and then you get to college and something that I thought was a really good display of this was when Connell was in class struggling with vocabulary yeah and not finding the words to critique the work Mm. and you know you've got Gareth on the other end of the class who is using all these big fancy words and he's just there like how am I going to do this? Yeah. And then when it's his turn, he kind of, you can tell he's just not yeah. sure of himself. And yeah. so real. So like, yeah. And it's actually really relatable when you mm. get into that environment and you feel out of your comfort zone, you feel out of your your usual world. So like how he would speak to his hometown friends was not like that at all. No, yeah. I remember, I mean, I didn't even move towns to go to university, but I distinctly remember the first day hearing the difference in how my high school friends would speak and how we'd speak in class. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to a fan private school Mm. compared to how I went to a university, University of Melbourne, which is quite predominantly attended by fancy high school Mm. students. Mm -hmm. And hearing the way they spoke in tutes, I was so taken aback. Like I still remember that fish out of water feeling on the first day. First of all, everyone knew each other as well. And I remember being like, how did these kids from different schools, like I didn't really understand how Melbourne school culture works. Mm. Yeah. And seeing that portrayed so beautifully in this TV show, it really takes you back to some like gross memories <laughs> from yeah. that time in your life. Can we talk about some standout scenes that we have? Yeah. I really loved Connell's breakdown in the psychologist office. Mm. I felt like that was so real and so beautifully 
done again. The other one I want to talk about, though, sorry to take us right to the end. I'll play a snippet before we talk about it. The final episode of the whole series, when they're having that conversation, they realise they're not going to be together. We'll play that now. You know I love you. And I'm never going to feel the same way for anyone else. I know. Every time makes me cry. Yeah, it is really emotional. And I think seeing it on screen actually made me feel more emotional about it. Because mm. I think in the book, I was just like, "What's what, wait, hang on. Are they going to be together? Mm. Are they like, I'm confused. Will they find their way back to each other again? I remember Googling. <laughs> yeah, what, what does it mean? This. But then when I watched it, I was like, no, I kind of get it. There's a lot that goes unsaid. Mm when they just sort of look at each other and like, sorry, I sound so clear. <laughs> I sound so <laughs> They just look at each other and I get it. <laughs> no, it took me It took me three re-watchings to finally come to the brutal truth, which is that they don't get back together. Yeah. Like when they're saying to each other, we've been really good for each other, like we've grown up together and we've really done something for each other. <laughs> it took me until this most recent re-watching <laughs> to be like, Michelle, get real with yourself. <laughs> they're not fucking getting back together. No. Yeah. And it's like frustrating because you've gone through this whole journey with them of being like mm. so up and down and every time they get back together you're like come on do it for each other now yeah but in a way it's like really rewarding because they finally have an honest conversation that mm. is so transparent mm. and it's so like reflective of the whole relationship they understand what their roles were in each other's lives finally yeah mm. i totally agree can i give you another scene that I love. Yes. So we've already kind of touched on the Italian lunch party, mm. but oh my God, I was like amazed by how much I wanted to like throw my phone at Jamie. Mm. Like, <laughs> like yes. he was so, so infuriating. And I remember like being frustrated while reading it in the book, but the adaptation was like a whole new level of like, oh my God, can this guy shut up? Yeah. And every time Connor and Niall would throw something back at him, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, he it. deserves that. <laughs> but like, it was so well done even the part where Jamie follows Marianne back into the house and they have this sort of standoff and he breaks her dad's glasses I was like oh my god it made me so I felt so much in that scene and I think that's got everything to do with the casting and the way it was filmed yeah I lived in Italy the foreshadowing so Mm. there's a scene where Connell's on the phone to Helen yeah his girlfriend at the time poor Helen by the way oh Helen Helen. unsung hero of the season poor thing (laughs) and they basically have this shot where he's on the phone and they pan to the pool and there's just this like dead bug Mm. in the pool and it's such a visual representation of like not all is perfect in paradise Mm. yeah and it's I did not notice that that's so (laughs) clever no you're right though it's like everything should be great Mm. everything on the outside looks perfect but something's not right yeah I love that something's wrong here do you have another standout scene Mish hmm what else have I written down oh sorry the brother dunking the dishcloth water on Marion's oh. head. I think the way we saw this abusive dynamic 
escalate mm. across the episodes was really well done. That at first it was this verbal insult dynamic and then all of a sudden he is starting to do physical things, but they're physical yeah. things that don't actually hurt her mm. in the moment. They're like emotionally scarring and they're disrespectful and they're humiliating, but they're not violent per se. And so I just thought that was really well done. And the way you would see the mum observe what was happening and yet still do nothing. Mm, yeah. And then that scene where she breaks her nose, the, the door being flung against her face, essentially. I just, yeah, I thought all that was really well done. That reminded me, that scene where Connell and Marianne and Connell's mum are walking down the street and they and pass. They see the oh, mum. Yeah. yeah. That scene was so like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? I felt so uncomfortable. Mm. And it was Christmas. Yeah. It was so heartbreaking. And then the next scene when they're in the car mm. and you can just see Connell's mum feeling like she should say something. Mm. And all Marianne says is like, what do people in town think of her? Mm. She's, she's a bit odd. It was so powerful, that scene, because I think having Connell's mum reassure her that she's the problem, she's the one that's a bit mm. weird. Like, it's not you, you're not doing anything wrong. Mm. I think so much goes unsaid that's just comforting to Marianne there, mm. which I really, I thought that was so powerful. And I really felt for her, her mum's neglect and silence just continues and it gets stronger as the series goes on to like literally ignoring her in public yeah. like that. Yeah, I thought the building up of the brother was really good, but also the building up of the mum was really incredible. One final strong scene before we go to ratings, if I'm allowed, uh, Christmas at Connell's family mm. home. So just yeah. the way they're all playing celebrity heads and like, yes. I, I don't know. It was just special and it was really wholesome and cute. And it was a great way to then transition into, just kidding, they're not together anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more as well. Oh, yeah, sneak it in. Yeah. Is the reintroduction of Marianne and Connell at college. So mm. Gareth introduced his girlfriend and basically she's looking yeah. so hot. She's flourished. He introduces her as like, you need to meet this girl. Like, she's amazing. <laughs> Imagine. That is exactly what we all wanted. That for, is like, the, the ideal. <laughs> also, that quote, if we can play it when we were prepping this episode, Lucy was like, we need to play the quote that went viral on TikTok. So <laughs> yes. Let's play that now. You look really well. I know. It's classic me. Came to college and got pretty. Oh, you're always pretty. Very pretty. I still think about that all the time. Same. It, when I heard it, I was like, oh, that iconic quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, shall we do ratings now? Yes. Lucy, I'm the most curious to know what you oh. would say. I feel like if you'd have asked me a few weeks ago, I'd have given it a very different rating. Ooh. I'm giving it a four and a half stars. <gasps> yeah. Really high. It's really high. And I really appreciated the effort that mm. was put into the show. Watching it again with a critical eye has made me like it more. It's masterful. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Now, it's important to note Lucy didn't read the book, but yes. Mish, I know you've read the book and yep. watched the show multiple times. I am a, I wouldn't say Sally Rooney expert, <laughs> but as far as reading her books and watching the things is concerned, I'm across it. What do I think was better? I think they're bang on par with each other. I think they're both five out of five. <gasps> wow. Mm -hmm. One thing I didn't say, I actually had a weakness that I never got to, but um, it was, I the only episode of this I didn't like was when Marianne was dating that awful photographer guy mm. oh yeah we didn't I'd even say. mention the media I, I just it could have done without I it I could have done without that like every time I read the book or watch the show I'm like 
skip, skip, skip. Same. Like we get it. We get it. She has this complicated relationship yeah. with violence yeah. now that she's grown up with her brother. Mm. I wish it didn't have that, but still Same. it's such a great show, great story, everything to me. It's still a five, both of fives. What about you? Did yeah, it leave, what was better, book or the TV show? I think they're on par as well. Mm. I think the adaptation just shed light on more things in the book for me. I didn't notice the awkward dialogue. I didn't notice things that were missing in the book until I saw gaping holes in the adaptation. Mm. So I think I would have to rate the book a bit higher because since I didn't notice it, surely that's a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, true. yeah. Okay. I would rate the TV show a four. Okay, so okay, still cool. pretty high. Yeah. Guys, this has been so fun. I fucking love the adaptation. <laughs> Me too. This has been so fun. Yeah. yeah. Next month, Sahani, what are we reviewing? We are reviewing One Day, the Netflix romantic drama everyone's been raving about. It is based on the 2009 novel of the same name by David Nichols. The series follows Emma and Dexter, who meet after spending an interesting graduation night together. They go their separate ways the next day, but the two embark on a friendship that eventually leads to love. Each episode picks up a year after the last, and it gives viewers a snapshot into their lives. We cannot wait to watch One Day alongside you guys. Make sure you watch along on Netflix before we come back for the adaptation next month. Before then, make sure you follow us on socials. We are at The Shameless Book Club. That's all from us. See you next time. Bye. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.